welcome, welcome, welcome to the Working That Is Coronanot Chronicles. My name is Bill, and I will be your guide on this particular Sonic adventure. The show is, of course, sponsored by mysticalwares.com, uh, which is Derek Condit's metaphysical supply shop. Uh, Derek is not here with us tonight. I am joined by one other chrononaut, Adam Loyal. Adam, thanks for being here. You're um, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, good to good to connect with you again. It's been a few weeks, I guess, since our last meeting, our last episode, our last working session, right? So uh, yeah, definitely uh, got some catching up to do a little bit and uh, some new things to explore on tonight's show. So what is it exactly that we do here on Chrononaut Chronicles? Uh, well, this being a working, there are always, you know, steps and uh, steps and parts to a, a spell, essentially, right? So we have four of those, which are our show segments. And uh, the goal here is, the, of the overall goal here is to anchor in whatever your most high and best timeline is for you right that you that you decide right because we have free will and that's great so four steps first segment is the almanac segment and uh, the goal here within the, the broader goal right of anchoring in is awareness right we're, we're looking up essentially we're using the almanac as a reference to look up at the sky and see uh, what else is happening just to uh, to expand our awareness and give us a sense of what else is uh, you know maybe uh, our place in the universe right so awareness is, is the main goal there and the second step is the gratitude segment and uh, this is essential this is a, a love is a this is what we're talking about in this segment so love is a an essential ingredient in, in this particular working so gotta have uh, gotta have that gratitude segment in there and this is where adam and i just uh we talk about something that makes us happy right so um, but the the goal here isn't to just do this once a week on the show. Uh, this this is a uh, more of a uh, an exercise, uh, you know, because uh, we want to to do this for forever, essentially, right? To stretch this into infinity, right? So it's not just once a week or wherever, wherever, uh, whenever we meet on uh, here uh, sonically, right? So the that brings us to the third step which is the silver segment. And the goal here is to learn something new, right? And uh, we call it silver segment because we look for the silver linings. We often, you know, explore current events or uh, sometimes we do a more in-depth analysis of certain topics, which we are going to do today. And as promised on the last episode, uh, we're going to look at a, a profile in red wizardry uh, featuring uh, jose manuel rodriguez delgado and we'll learn about uh, some mind control stuff that brings us to the third or i'm sorry the fourth and final segment step to the working mind control <laughs> uh it is uh well it's controlling your own mind essentially step four as uh, this is the sword segment and it deals in matters involving spirits and dimensions metaphysics timelines consciousness uh, transformation right how do we uh, most effectively and efficiently use our our thoughts uh, as as these are expressions of consciousness and therefore thinking 
intentionally, right, can navigate us towards uh, towards our, our goals, right? And according to to Carl Jung, thinking is a decision making function. So looping back to that concept of free will, right? Uh, for Jung, and this is a quote from him, the term thinking should, in my view, be confined to linking up of ideas by means of a concept. In other words, an act of judgment, right? So once again, exercising our, our free will in that act of judgment. And so this is really an exploration of method, so to speak, in, in how best to, to exercise that faculty, that uh, faculty of the air, of thinking, of swords, right? This is an, an allusion to the sword suit in, in tarot. So, with all that being said, let's get into it. Quickly looking at the almanac, the old farmer's almanac is what we reference here on the show. Uh, not a whole lot going on planetarily. Uh, today, tonight, when, we, when we're recording this, there is a full moon. So, happy full moon, everybody. Happy full moon, Adam. And you know the name. I, I, I... I'm you were breaking up there, Bill. Oh. I was saying that there's a full moon today. And it's a otherwise pretty quiet planetarily. But uh, yes, today Monday is the uh, beaver moon, the full beaver moon according to the almanac is the name for that moon. Uh just an interesting tidbit I saw, not a uh, planet planetarily based, but uh on Thursday, apparently, according to the almanac, the uh, the first solar eclipse known to be recorded happened in in Ireland in the year three thousand three hundred and forty BC. So it's an interesting factoid that sometimes the almanac gives us. So I'll throw it in on the show because I think it's interesting, right? All hail Beaver Moon. And then, uh, yeah, Friday is, uh, I guess I will mention that we're rolling into December. So, rolling into uh, solstice season. Yep, yep. I bet you're feeling the chill right now. Dude, it's frigid. It's been frigid this past uh, week and a half, but it will get warmer, allegedly, in two days, according to AccuWeather. Nice. Back up to the 40s. Up. Wow, that that's what you're considering warm now. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Putting the logs on the fire tonight, Bill. Diesel fuel, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of temperatures and, and being warm, uh, the last few, I guess, Mondays. I've been uh, been traveling. This rolls into the gratitude segment, so I guess we're moving on to moving on from Farmer Farmer's Almanac. But uh, yeah, I was traveling to see some family down in South Carolina, so I'm super grateful to have uh, had the time and the means and the ability to to go and do that. We we rented a Jeep Compass. It was pretty brand new, uh, zippy little thing, comparatively. I guess if you're gonna sounds like a cool nickname for it. <laughs> zippy little thing. Zippy little thing. Yeah, it was uh it was all right. Uh, we oh we drove 
drove uh, we drove under a forest fire that was a that was an experience so there was a couple tunnels that we had to that we had to go through on the way back up and and to get down there too but uh the day before or the the evening before we left i guess there was an accident and it started a forest fire which i believe is still going on actually and yeah we got we saw the smoke and we drove under the mountain the smoke was coming out of and we came out the other side and uh yeah so that was that was kind of exciting but that's crazy yeah forest fires fires are scary with cars not because they're flammable but like big enough the oxygen drops and then you're dead like your your car is done and then you're just in a barbecue yeah i've seen videos of cars driving through out in california you know evacuating neighborhoods or whatever it's it's yeah that would be terrifying but yeah my gratitude uh yeah just being being able to spend time with uh with family i got to see my uh, grandparent in-laws both in their uh early 90s young young Good for them. chickens yes yeah doing uh married for 70 70 years 70 plus years i believe so they've had a long uh, eventful life it's always good to visit with them and just to be around their energy and to oh show. no and just their view on the world because they've seen it all before like the older you get you start to see the cycles you start to see like oh my gosh i've seen this before i know this pattern this is just another flavor of history oh they're they're pulling this one again and you know when you've seen that three times like you're not getting tricked on the fourth oh yeah yeah i'd, I'd say he's totally my, my my grandfather and everybody down there really that we, that we met is, is uh, ahead of the curve so to speak like we are like i like uh the show tries to keep us ahead of the curve right with the with the silver segment but before we get to that adam what uh what are you grateful for how, how have things been I, I think that there's a job maybe a job update. yep i'm waiting to hear back i've got really i'm really excited about that it might take three to four weeks um before i get full confirmation um but yeah um let's hope that uh that job board did its job as i kill an ant and burn my karma apparently my computer's worth more than my uh soul um <laughs> the uh yeah so but yeah i'm grateful for that it's on the horizon i'm i did something i did not think i was going to do i'm incredibly stubborn i love podcasts i love the freedom of podcasting i was angry at joe for pulling all of his stuff off his rss and then making you use spotify even though it's free shortly after he did that he had jacques valet on huge fan of jacques valet didn't listen he just had david grush on i totally completely broke got the spotify app and to say that i am incredibly grateful for david grush specifically and people like David Grush, if you don't know who David Grush is, he's the whistleblower that was tasked with um, looking into if we actually had hidden or reversed technology, craft, beings, etc. Um, of other origin, aka UFOs. 
um, tasked by Congress to go out and look for it, went back out, came back and said, hey, there is a large-scale retrieval operation that is being uh, hidden from Congress. It has no oversight as per the law. Uh, it's been going on for over 100 years, uh, or at least going back 100 years, going back to uh, Magenta with Italy and Kraft back there, probably Roswell, all these things. Um, it's been a truth in my life, something that I've seen the evidence of as a child. But uh, as I grow up, it is in not just vindicating, but with all of the stuff going on in the world, all of the horrible things, of all the uniting forces for anything that we have before us, the most powerful thing could be in front of us, not just the connectivity of pulling us all together and not fighting with each other because we're not the highest one on the totem pole. Uh, there's other things out there, maybe involved with time, maybe involved with dimensions, maybe involving some sort of spirit, spirituality or higher dimensionality. Uh, but we're like the fish in the ocean. You know, that re-perspectiving and change along with the possibility of technology that terrifying and also could bring us into a Star Trek civilization in a civilization's blink of an eye. So I don't know. It's it's the most empowerful. Uh, empowering, exciting thing going on, even though it's completely under lock and key and buckled down by the government. But um, I don't know. I, I've heard a couple things that have really piqued my interest in the past. I, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, if you don't mind, Bill. Yeah, go for it. No, this, um, this rolls into. And I say this interesting. Uh, Grush has said that there is, um, won't give details, but he has clearance to basically, or hasn't been told he can't say, look, um there's i can't tell you the number of bodies but i can tell you there's more than one type that there's at least in the double digits both for bodies and for craft and there's been talk in the past that you know maybe what we're dealing with isn't just extraterrestrials or aliens um maybe it's something well in all or both but maybe also like time traveling humans humans from the future altering the past for their benefit and if you take something like that into consideration and you wonder why wouldn't the secret get out like why wouldn't things just overflow um it's been clear that the military has tried over the years to uh, introduce people to the idea to bring it out uh, i know that uh Oh, now I can't think of his name. He's my favorite guy. Uh, he did Dark Skies. Uh, anyways, famous director, if I think of it all, I'll, I'll mention his name. He did uh, also did the movie. Um... Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but he basically said that during his filming that, you know, he had uh, some Navy generals, high brass, come to him, say, hey, uh, we just wanted to let you know uh, that we saw, you know, your you know, your video and everything that you did for the show. And you are more right than, you know, uh, we'd like to come and show you some stuff. You know, uh, you need to meet us in a cemetery at midnight. Crazy story. He's like, I got a, I got a wife and kids. I'm not going. Uh, but the weird story is no one had seen the video. The only people that had seen the video was in, uh, like 
the editing room, the production room, whoever these guys were, they managed to get themselves high level access to something that nobody but like a handful of people had seen. Um, but to say that maybe part of the reason is it is being manipulated. That if you did have the ability to go through time, you know what's going to happen. You know what's happened. You may have ultimate control over when this thing, how it doesn't get released, how it doesn't go to the public's knowledge, um, how that actually affects society. But just as importantly, the government might not have a choice in the information coming out. How do you fight an enemy that knows all of your moves and can manip manipulate time and go back before you even had knowledge and discovery? So I don't know. I, I find that also empowering to know that something like this may be perceived under lock and key, but at the same time, um, the gatekeepers ultimately have the control. Yeah, it is, it is still being kind of... I don't know, controlled by the government. Oh, of course, yeah. They tried to put the end uh, in the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, I think tomorrow is going to be the last day uh, when we find out. Uh, probably when the listeners uh, hear this, it's probably going to have already been struck down. That's certainly what uh, you know, Mitch McConnell and a few others on uh, uh, that are in charge of determining uh, what is put into that budget are fighting very, very, very hard to get it uh, pulled out, which is crazy because if there's nothing to it, who the hell cares? <laughs> but if there's something to it that says if you have alien beings, bodies, or craft, it is under eminent public domain and we get it, that's not allowed. So we'll see. We'll see if by a miracle it goes through. It'll be interesting. If it doesn't, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more whistleblowers coming publicly forward because we already know that at least 40 of them have reported to the inspector general uh for the intelligence community and of which was cited in uh david grush's report um back to back up his evidence and apparently he also wants to talk about some products uh some intelligence products that he had seen that were related to uh the UAP subject. So super interesting times, Bill, super interesting times. I'm thankful for it. It's exciting. The world can suck. This is awesome. Best movie ever. It is getting super interesting. And uh, yeah, all we can do is hold on for the ride. That's right. I try to have fun. That's right. Hold on for the ride and hope the wheels don't fall off. But speaking of technology, the the class today this is uh something that i found on zazel news on telegram so i guess at this point you can say that uh, zazel is essentially an, uh, an executive producer of sorts for the show because pull a lot of information off of this collect collection service i guess um what i'm about to read is actually from uh able uh, Cognitive Liberty Online, which is a, I think it's just a blog site. Um, not to say that this isn't, you know, very well uh, documented case or, or profile or person 
um, well, I guess it isn't very well documented because not a whole lot of people know about Jose Delgado. But uh, yeah, needless to say, um, there will be links to uh, the information provided here in the Telegram channel on in the show notes for, for ease of access for anybody that wants to do some more deep diving into uh, Dr. Delgado. But uh, without further ado, get into what, uh, what the class is. And uh, he, he's, this, this is kind of interesting because this is uh, one of few, we're going we're gonna to call it red, we're, gonna, we're gonna going to uh, preempt the, uh, the preempting here and, and just come out and say that it's a, it's a red faction. Anybody that's not familiar with, with the factions, this is something that is unique to Azazel. It is kind of a schema in which uh, you can, uh, it's a worldview that you can choose to use or not use, but uh, essentially that there are four of them, red being kind of the more nefarious ones, right? Uh, others um, being gold, uh, green, and blue. And we did a profile on gold wizardry uh, last episode, which is uh, Joseph McGonagall. So uh, that gives you a flavor of uh, gold wizardry. And the other two factions, uh, green and, and blue, green having to do with uh, terrain and, and subsurface uh, happenings, and then blue would be more uh, space and, I guess, ocean, right? But uh, aside uh, that, that being said, um, it's kind of three versus one, right? The, the three, green, blue, and gold, kind of work together against, uh, against the red guys. But here we go. Uh, it starts out with a t a technology is inherently agnostic. It's with a small a, right? It is neither good nor bad. It can be used for either, depending upon the free will of the person utilizing it. Here we go with the free will and stuff again, right? Nowadays, Which, it's uh, what's that? Nowadays, it's will by like a service fee. Service for your free will, please deposit fifty cents. All right, so you can you can choose to use a pen to write a love letter or a death threat. Pen is just a pen. A pen will not hop up and write a death threat on its own. The use of the pen depends upon the intent of the person who wields it. Introducing Jose Manuel Delgado. I'm sorry, Jose Manuel Rodriguez Delgado. He was a Spanish professor of neurophysiology at Yale, uh, famed for his research on mind control through electrical stimulation of the brain. He was born in Ronda in the province of Malaga, Spain in 1915. He received a doctor of medicine degree from the University of Madrid just before the outbreak of the Spanish Civil War. During the war, he joined the Republican side and served as a medical corpsman while he was a uh, medical student. Uh, he was held in a concentration camp for five months after the war ended. After serving in the camp, he had to repeat his MD degree and then gained a PhD at the Ramon E. Cajal Institute in Madrid. 
Rodriguez Delgado's father was an eye doctor, and he had planned to follow in his footsteps. However, he discovered the writings of Santiago Ramon y Cajal, a Nobel laureate, in 1906, and after having spent some time in a physiology laboratory, Delgado no longer wanted to be an eye doctor. He became captivated by, quote, the many mysteries of the brain, how little was known then, how little is known now. In 1946, Delgado won a fellowship at Yale University in the Department of Physiology under the direction of John F. Fulton. In 1950, he accepted a position in the Physiology Department, which at the time was headed by, you guessed it, John Fulton. I don't really know who this guy is. I didn't do, I didn't do any research on him, but uh, keeps appearing. Could be the handler type sorts, maybe? I don't know. Uh, by 1952, he had co-authored his first paper on implanting electrodes into humans. The Spanish Minister of Education, Villar Palasi, asked Rodriguez Delgado to help organize a new medical school at the Autonomous University of Madrid. Rodriguez Delgado accepted and, re and relocated to Spain with his wife and two children in 1974. Rodriguez Delgado had last moved with his wife to San Diego, California before his death on September 15, 2011. Delgado's research interests centered on the use of electrical signals to evoke responses in the brain. His earliest work was with cats, but he later did experiments with monkeys and humans, including psychiatric patients. Much of Rodriguez Delgado's work was with an invention he called a stimoceiver, like a stimu, like a stimulating and receiver. Smash those two words together. Stimoceiver. It's a radio which joined a stimulator of brain waves with a receiver which monitored EEG waves and sent them back on separate radio channels. Some of these stimoceivers were as small as half dollars. This allowed the subject of the experiment full freedom of movement while allowing the experimenter to control the experiment. This was a great improvement from his early equipment, which included visual disturbance in those whose wires ran from the brain to bulky equipment that both recorded data and delivered the desired electrical changes, charges to the brain. This early equipment, while not allowing for free range of movement, was also the cause of infection in many subjects. The receiver could be used to stimulate emotions and control behavior. According to Rodriguez, stimulation of different points in the amygdala, amygdala and hippocampus in the four patients produced a variety of effects, including pleasant sensations, elations, elation, deep, thoughtful concentration, odd feelings, super relaxation, colored visions, 
and other responses. Rodriguez Delgado stated that brain transmitters can remain in a person's head for life. The energy to activate the brain transmitter is transmitted by way of radio frequencies. Using the stimulus, Delgado found that he could not only elicit emotions, but he could also elicit specific physical reactions. These specific physical reactions, such as the movement of a limb or the clenching of a fist, were achieved when he stimulated the motor cortex. A human whose implants were stimulated to produce a reaction were unable to resist the reaction. And so one patient said, I guess, doctor, that your electricity is stronger than my will. Some consider one of Delgado's most promising finds is that of an area called the septum within the limbic region. This area, when stimulated uh, by Delgado, produced feelings of strong euphoria. These euphoric feelings were sometimes strong enough to overcome physical pain and depression. Rodriguez Delgado created many inventions and was called a technological wizard by one of his Yale colleagues. Other than the stimulus uh, Delgado also created a chemitrode, which was an implantable device that released controlled amounts of a drug into specific brain areas. He also invented an early version of what is now uh, a cardiac pacemaker. In Rhode Island, Delgado did some work at what is now a closed mental hospital. He chose patients who were desperately ill, uh, whose disorders had resisted all previous treatments, and implanted electrodes in about 25 of them. Most of these patients were either schizophrenics or epileptics. To determine the best placement of electrodes within the human patients, Delgado initially looked to the work of Wilder Penfield, who studied epileptic brains in the 1930s, as well as earlier animal experience experiments and studies of brain-damaged people. The most famous example of the stemo receiver in action occurred at the Cordoba, which is a bull breeding ranch uh, that uh, Rodriguez Delgado went to, stepped into uh, the bull ring uh, with a bull, uh, which had a stemo receiver implanted within its brain. The bull charged Delgado, who pressed a remote control button, which caused the bull to stop its charging. Always one for theatrics, he taped this stunt, and it can still be seen today. The region of the brain Delgado stimulated when he pressed the handheld transmitter was the caudate nucleus. This region was chosen to be stimulated because the caudate nucleus is involved in controlling voluntary movements. Delgado claimed that the stimulus created the bull to lose its aggressive instinct. Although the bull incident was widely mentioned in the popular media, Delgado believed that his experiment with a female chimpanzee named Patty 
was more significant. Paddy was fitted with a stemo receiver, stemo receiver linked to a computer that detected the brain signal called a spindle, which was emitted by her part of the brain called the amygdala. When the spindle was recognized, the stemo receiver sent a signal to the central gray area of Patty's brain, producing an averse reaction. In, quotes. in this case, the averse reaction was an unpleasant or painful feeling. The result of the averse reaction to the stimulus was a negative feedback to the brain. Within hours, her brain was producing fewer spindles as a result of a negative feedback. As a result, Patty became, quote, quieter, less attentive, and less motivated during behavioral testing. Although Patty's reaction was not exactly ideal, Delgado hypothesized that the method used on Patty could be used on others to stop panic attacks, seizures, and other disorders controlled by certain signals within the brain. Delgado authored 134 scientific publications, excuse me, uh, within two decades, from 1950 to 1970, on electrical stimulation on cats, monkeys, and patients, psychotic and non-psychotic. In 1963, New York Times featured his experiments on their front page. Uh, he had implanted a stemoceiver in the caudate nucleus of a fighting bull. He could stop the animal midway, and that would, uh, so yeah, we see. I mentioned that already. So uh, he was invited to write his book, Physical Control of the Mind, Toward a Psycho-Civilized Society, as the 41st volume in a series entitled World Perspectives, edited by Ruth Nanda Anshin. In it, Delgado has discussed how we have managed to tame and civilize our surrounding nature, arguing that now it was time to civilize our inner being. Sounds good, right, on the outside. Uh, the book has been a center of controversy since its release. The tone of the book was challenging, and the philosophical speculations went beyond the data. Its intent was to encourage less cruelty and a more benevolent, happier, better man. However, it clashed with religious sentiment. Uh, he continued to publish his research and philosophical ideas through articles and books for the next quarter century. In all, he wrote over 500 articles and six books. His final book in 1989 was named Happiness, and had 14 editions. The story of Rodriguez Delgado's mind control research was featured in an episode of Dark Matters, Twisted But True, in a segment entitled Human Puppets, as well as the controversy sparked by his research. Uh, Delgado, then aged 91, was also featured in person in a 2006 episode of the BBC documentary series Horizon, Human V2.0. So that's the main bit of the class. What are your thoughts so far, Adam? Have you heard about this guy at all? 
I haven't. Oh. I shared a couple of links in the chat that it reminded me of, and I was looking up a third here. Uh, have you ever heard of Lily Waves? No. John Lilly was a uh, researcher who uh, did a lot of work for Navy, worked on dolphins, chimpanzees, uh, did a lot of work with psychedelics, uh, radio frequencies. Um, it's been purported that he developed similarly a, a form of radio frequency that could uh, harmonize the brain with it. Um, so change how you feel. And it's postulated that that technology has been implemented in various other types of signals. So uh, kind of piggybacking along name every single signal, signal that's going through it. So uh, the idea that you could be manipulated just through the RF bath that you're already in. Um, but two of the things that I sent you, uh, one of them is called Nine Volt Nirvana. These are both uh, Radio Lab podcasts. And it's on this application specifically that the military uses, uh, where they can take somebody, put them into sniper training, have them go through it, uh, put this device on their head that creates a magnetic field in a very specific uh, frequency at a specific spot on their head. And then all of a sudden, that person's attention, focus, accuracy drastically increases. Perception of time. Uh, same thing, you know, uh, minutes become seconds. Uh, very interesting, used for training uh, military snipers to become more proficient. The second one is called Bringing Gamma Back, and it deals with Alzheimer's, where they, they had this idea because they're looking at brainwaves, you know, a gamma is a... Uh, it's a frequency that the brain tends to go into when people have Alzheimer's or wait, is that it bringing gamma back or it's when you don't have it. Maybe it's that it gets suppressed. I think that it gets suppressed. The gamma gets suppressed regardless. What they decided to do is their first experiment was saying, Hey, you know, maybe we can, instead of trying to cure Alzheimer's, get rid of the plaques, all those things, maybe we can just bring the brain up to its proper frequency. It's out of frequency. If we can do that, how do we do that? So they, did something with some sort of like uh, cells where they could get them to react to light and they would pulse light at certain frequencies. And then those were, you know, inserted in, in a probe into the brain that could be controlled with, you know, they react to the light, they send out a frequency, your brain reacts. And that worked really, really well, but it was an incredibly complicated process. They ended up taking it and modifying it to just light frequency, light frequency exposed like once or several times a day at this very specific rate. And what's interesting is they had the same results, but the results were absolutely amazing. They would take rats that had Alzheimer's and they would put them through um, like controlled experiments. Um, I might be getting the specifics wrong, but generally like, you know, hey, uh, you go into a room um, and you have no idea what's going on. Uh, but if it's got a certain smell in the air or it's got a certain texture on the floor, uh, then there's going to be a shock that's going to be applied. Well, if you never remember that, you're never going to get distressed when you get into that same environment. And they would test this, and they found that not only would the rats have their memory back, they would remember all the stuff that they had previously experienced. It would come back as if it was no longer being blocked. Which is why when people, I find it fascinating when they say like, they were like, they just used to be this person. Was all, like they just came out of it for a few minutes. 
Um, but that's a way of frequencies through light, being able to reverse Alzheimer's symptoms within a human being. And I take it a step further of saying your LEDs, your lights, your televisions, they're flashing at frequency. What kind of frequency disrupting are we doing to our brain signals just by looking at flashing television, media, video games, LEDs, bulbs? Um, yeah, there's a vast amount of research on being able to do legitimate brain control. Like, I mean, you can make somebody not walk in a straight line if you apply the right magnetic signal to the right spot of their brain. That's craziness. That is mind control and body control. Yeah, it it is it is uh, pretty astounding what uh, we can already do. Honestly, I will include those two links that you sent in the show notes for anybody that wants to explore those topics further. Um, there is a few. This is going to be another multimedia episode. Uh, there's a few YouTube clips uh, uh, and other audio clips that I wanted to share about Delgado. All right. Super short clip. Just to... Electronic mind control research is not new. A scientific milestone in this area came in the 1960s when Dr. Jose Delgado demonstrated remote control over a charging bull. By connecting a radio antenna to electrodes inserted into the bull's brain, Delgado proved that the animal's aggressive impulses could be thwarted by electronically manipulating the bull's muscle reflexes. Do you realize? the fantastic possibilities if from the outside we could modify the inside, could we give messages to the inside? But the beauty is that now we are not using electrodes. In recent years, Delgado has shown that the behavior of monkeys can be altered using low-power pulsating magnetic fields. But in these experiments, there were no antenna implants. Any function in the brain, emotions, intellect, personality, well, could be perhaps modified by this non-invasive technology. Delgado's research has so far been limited to animals, but in the Soviet Union, a radio frequency, or RF device, has been used for over 30 years to manipulate the moods of mental patients. So the Russians are doing it too. So we have to do it as well. Actually, we, we didn't, uh, I don't know. You know, Go ahead. if you really think about it, Bill, we're using all sorts of frequencies that it, it, it could be like the archaic or the very Gen 1 level of those. Because when you look at like frequency, whether it's okay. RF. If you like squeaky toys from Chewy, it is. Did we get a sponsor? No, no, I'm joking. Not, not a sponsor, not a sponsor. <laughs> you know, but like if it's if it's magnetic, if it's uh, ultraviolet, you know, if it's a gamma. Like they're all dif different wavelengths going through a spectrum. So when you think about like a taser, it's using electricity. It's controlling your muscles. You know, uh, it is it, it forcing your body to contract in a, in a way that is wanted by that machine connected to wires. You also have like countermeasures uh, where they'll use sound frequency. Um, you know, to hurt a person's ears or flashing lights to disorient and blind people. Um, these are all different various forms of controlling a person's state of being just by exposing them to a frequency. They do, you know, uh, sound waves, 
where they can send them out so that they actually cause like a deep rumbling or disruption that makes people nauseous. Um, you also have uh, ones that are used energy directed uh, for crowds, which are using uh, a form of like microwave radiation. So it causes the very surface of your skin to heat up. Uh, it's crazy, man. Like those are all like Gen 1 versions of I just want to control your mind. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, I actually have an example of uh, early, you could say early Delgado technology uh, saved for, for after we get through most of the, you know, get through this part. Um, I was going to play, I'm, I'm sorry, I was going to play the, the clip from Dark Matters, that TV show, but uh, I'll, I'll, instead I'll just include that in the show notes for people to peruse uh, at their leisure. Um, but uh, he there's another article uh, provided uh, by the scientificamerican.com. It is a tribute to Jose Delgado, legendary and slightly scary pioneer of mind control. And this was uh, published back in 2017. Uh, we're not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to, I did want to skip down to the end and kind of uh, share uh, the, the very end, the end part, right? The conclusion because it kind of gets into more of the uh, philosophical aspects and why we can uh, more or less label this uh, an example, a profile in red, in red magic, red, black magic, essentially, right? But uh, red wizardry. So uh, he actually had to, just some background information, as uh, he started doing these, these, these experiments or whatever in the Northeast, he, his, uh, his reputation grew right so uh he was in kind of a not hot water but uh you know people were starting to ask questions in the united states and so when uh, he went over to spain to help set up that school it was just uh, very it was a very uh serendipitous for him that that opportunity arose at that time so that he could kind of uh, get away from the controversy um, which is what is repeated here. Uh, so uh, just very quickly, then moving on to the the, the uh, conclusion. Uh, but as his notoriety grew, uh, there's an anecdote here, so I wanted to read it. Uh, strangers started accusing him of having implanted stemosievers in their brains. One woman who made this claim sued Delgado and Yale University for $1 million, although he had never met her. In the midst of this brouhaha, the Spanish Minister of Health asked Delgado to help organize a new medical school in Madrid, and he accepted, moved there in 74. Uh, he insists he was not fleeing the controversy triggered by his research. Uh, the Spanish minister just gave him an offer too good to refuse. Quote, I said, could I have the facilities I have at Yale? And he said, oh no, much better. End quote. So he went over to to Spain, and he shifted his focus to non-invasive neurostimulation methods, because quote because implanting electrodes is brutal, he says in a mock growly voice. So kind of like I'm picturing it like implanting electrodes is brutal, like kind of like I don't know, I don't know that's why that's how it comes across to me. But uh, speaking of Adam's one of one of uh, the examples that Adam brought up 
Uh, he invented a halo-like device and a helmet that could deliver electromagnetic pulses to specific neural regions. Testing the gadgets on animals and human volunteers, including himself and his daughter, he discovered that he could induce drowsiness, alertness, and other states. He and his colleagues also had success treating tremors of Parkinson's. So this, this research, too, attracted controversy. And in 1984, the BBC documentary Opening Pandora's Box cited Delgado's work as evidence that the U.S. and Russia were developing methods for remotely modifying people's thoughts. Noting that the power and precision of electromagnetic pulses falls off dramatically with distance, Delgado doubts whether remote mind control is possible. This was science fiction, probably. Quote. Uh, Delgado, so wrapping up, Delgado is not upset that modern scientists seldom mention his work. Always there are antecedents, antecedents in a field, he says. He doubts that modern brain stimulation researchers avoid citing him because he is so controversial. Simple ignorance, he says, is a more likely explanation. After all, most modern databases do not include publications from his heyday in the 50s and 60s. Looking back over his career, Delgado acknowledges, quote, a great defect. I have been able to do many important things, but I have not been able to follow in depth in any of these fields. He is thus thrilled that a new generation of scientists, equipped with increasingly sophisticated computers, electrodes, and brain scanning technologies, is exploring paths that he trailblazed. Quote, in the near future, I think we will be able to help many human beings, especially with the non-invasive method, maybe invasive also. End of quote. Delgado has constructive criticism for his scientific descendants. He believes some neuroscientists are too obsessed with linking specific cognitive mechanisms to specific neural regions. Just because you can stimulate a spot in the motor cortex and get a finger to flex does not mean that region alone is responsible for moving the finger. Quote, People are trying to investigate. Where is the area of the brain essential to consciousness? That is a silly question. Because consciousness and cognition in general almost certainly stem from the workings of the entire brain. The whole brain is involved in everything. End quote. Delgado's appreciation of the brain's complexities leads him to doubt whether neurotechnologies will ever advance as far as some of us fear or hope. Quote, We know far more than 20 years ago, but there are so many things we don't know. End quote. He points out that neuroscientists have no idea how complex information is encoded in the firing of neurons. Moreover, brain stimulation can only modify skills and capacities, capabilities, essentially, that we already possess. We cannot make a, it, it cannot 
make us experts in, say, quantum physics or French, as some critics have feared, or or uh, karate for that matter, right? Not quite like the Matrix, where you plug in and run it instantly. <laughs> it's because you're already plugged in. You only think you're unplugging, Bill. Tune in, plug in, drop out. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of learning language, uh, learning, this is quoting, quoted, learning a language means slowly changing connections, which are already there. I don't think you can do that suddenly. End quote. Delgado was even more doubtful that we will soon transcend our biology entirely. As the artificial intelligence researcher Ray Kurzweil and others have prophesized, in 300,000 years, maybe, he says. But Delgado looks askance at the suggestion of the White House Council of Bioethics and others that some scientific goals should not be pursued, particularly if they threaten to alter human nature. To be sure, technology has two sides for good and for bad and we should do what we can to avoid the adverse consequences we should try to prevent potentially destructive technologies from being abused by authoritarian authoritarian there we go governments to gain more power or by terrorists to wreak destruction by human nature delgado asserts echoing one of the exhilarating and slightly scary themes of physical physical control, his book. Human nature is not static, but dynamic, constantly changing as a result of our compulsive self-exploration. Can you avoid knowledge? Delgado asks. You cannot. Can you avoid technology? You cannot. Things are going to go ahead in spite of ethics, in spite of your personal beliefs in spite of everything. I like it. Kind of plays into that uh, Joe Rogan idea that we are caterpillars birthing into a butterfly and that butterfly is technology that is either going to be integrated into us or set on to be something completely new. And in kind of the way that the caterpillar isn't going like, I'm becoming a butterfly, I'm becoming a butterfly. At least I wouldn't think so. It just becomes a butterfly uh, that maybe that is part of our ultimate evolution. And, you know, that idea that there is like a spirit or a muse or that there is something behind the physical world driving it. Absolutely fascinating to think about that there is like technology could have, you know, a life of its own. In the same way that like an idea uh, can spread through society like wildfire and change it physically uh, in the same way that you could say that, you know, it's uh, it's as much alive as a human being is. And it's always changing, too. It's always in flux. Going back to that last quote, right? It's uh, it's not set in stone, which is why, you know, this is this. This allows for hope, I think. Right. You can't. You can't predict the future because you can't predict how people, you know, it's, it's just, you can, you can guess, right? There are models, language models like Cliff High has uh, that'll predict certain 
certain trends, right? We'll get we'll do a profile on, on Cliff uh, in a later episode. You can just go listen to his podcast too. It's great. I, I I think I've been listening to him a lot lately. But uh, uh, there are there are some other uh, links here provided by Zazel. One of them is this uh, this monkey brain mind control YouTube video. I, I watched it. I will not uh, play it here uh, for you guys, uh, but it is it is pretty gruesome in the beginning. If you if you do watch it, I think. It looks like gruesome might be. I don't know. I think it's a good adjective. Uh, they just they show the the operation of them putting the stuff in the monkey's brain, and then they show the trials of you know this this signal does this to the monkey, and then this, the monkey reacts this this way. But one of them, one of them, one trial looked like the monkey. It would make the monkey turn. And extend his uh, like he's turning to the left, and his left hand would go back and out, and his arm would go back and out, and he would, his whole body, like his whole torso, would you know twitch to the left—not twitch, but like turn—and and he'd be looking that way, and he would just be kind of stuck there until the signal dropped off. And he did the same thing to you know the right side. And I don't know, it was, it was creepy because it reminded me of some of those uh, clips. That uh, you may or may not have come across on the internet of of uh, people uh, falling over during mm. yes. so not to say that it uh, is connected, uh, but there is a comment here about uh, not getting uh, vaccinated. So take that uh, what you will. Um, there is a quote ending an end quote, another ending quote from Delgado, which says. Man does not have the right to develop his own mind. This kind of liberal orientation has great appeal. We must electrically control the brain. Someday, armies and generals will be controlled by electrical stimulation of the brain. End quote. Well, I don't like that guy. <laughs> So, yeah, um, once again, technology is inherently agnostic. It is neither good nor bad. It can be used for either, depending upon the free will of the person utilizing it. You can choose to use a pen to write a love letter or death threat. A pen is just a pen. Consciousness is just consciousness, right? How do you use it? Reminds me a bit of like the uh, uh, abduction scenario or the old hag scenario, incubus, uh, succubus type thing. You wake up in the middle of the night, full body paralysis. There's a being somewhere in the room uh, that has immobilized your body. Yes. Never had that experience, but I've heard of people mm -hmm. that have. Have you ever had a jingle get stuck in your head and you can't get it out? Oh yeah, most most mornings I wake up with the song in my head. The frequency has worked; it's latched inside of your brain. Now you're addicted to Ozempic. Our brains are transducers, receivers, and, and senders. Senders, you know, transmitters, right? That is true. But, 
But uh, the use of the pen depends upon the intent of the person who wields it. And uh, intent just so happens to be one of the, the three masteries that uh, our friend uh, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about in The Four Agreements. The mastery of intent, the mastery of awareness, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, no, the mastery of awareness, the mastery of intent, which is another word for love, consciousness, or intention, right? And then a the mastery of transformation would be the third one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tangent, um, that is that is the class that is done. And uh, he asks, Zazel, for this particular class, is opening the floor to discussion and says, uh, what, what color or faction was this guy? And judging by that, um, that quote that we saw or heard from that I read a little bit ago, pretty pretty clearly to say that uh, this guy was in the red faction. It was not not that he signed up to be you know part of the group or whatever, but uh, it's definitely nefarious. I would I would say more or less. But before we decide, it's interesting that Elon Musk wants Neuralink applicants to make cyberpunk come true. So there's this big push that Elon Musk is, you know, doing now with implants in brains, right? That's pretty invasive, I would say. So really, does it, I mean, what's his intent behind it? Well, I don't know. What, what do you I think? argue it's just a, uh, a progression. I mean, you and I are sitting here with wires connected to our head that are outputting frequency to our ears, hooked up to a microphone with a wire right in front of us that we're speaking into and converting those frequencies back into a signal that's going into your brain. Like, we're just, you know, inching towards Neuralink every day. We're already cyborgs, you know, we already carry computers in our pockets and have them strapped to our wrists. Wires running out of our ears all day. People die because they look at their phone and walk into traffic. They control us. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's written right in his goal. There's a, a an X post. I guess we're calling it that, that now from, from Elon. I'm sharing it on the screen. So if anybody's watching this on YouTube, you can see what I'm looking at. But he's trying to recruit people to work at Neuralink. And some short-term things that you would be involved with was solving brain or slash spine injuries longer terms would longer term uh, goals would be human slash ai symbiosis so says that the, the latter will be species level importance and that you can either work at our bay area or austin location so. well, that stuff definitely going to happen I mean, they just recently did the first human eye transplant. You know, we're already getting pretty good at swapping organs between people and animals and different parts. You know, we've got pacemakers in people and, uh, you know, electronic stimulating devices to prevent people from having seizures and migraines. So, I mean, I kind of feel like we're already on that edge of being there, you know? 
people have been having electrodes implanted into their brains for decades. Yeah, decades. Like that was, excuse me. Sorry, that got loud for a second. But uh, like learning this, like I didn't know anything about about this guy until, you know, preparing for the, for the, I mean, I knew about it in order to tell you guys about it, but I didn't really do the in-depth research until, you know, we, we did it here on the show, essentially. But uh, yeah, dude, decades, decades, like from uh, centuries. Like this guy was going off of uh, studies in 1906, right? I mean, that's over 100 years ago. Like we've been developing, you know, doing the, how far in advancement in Delgado's research uh, did, how, how far did that get in black in black world? It's right? been weaponized. You know, look at Tesla technology. Why is why are Tesla's papers still considered to be national security? Because they weaponized it. And you know, those secrets of the universe, those fundamental principles, we're just uh, us little peons are not qualified to know. No, which is why. Azazel was is, is kicked out of heaven allegedly for sharing knowledge about making weapons and cosmetics mainly, but knowledge nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so you may be asking yourself, well, what are some like real world examples of of being Delgado? There are actually uh, quite a, quite a few. Especially when it comes to, it's hard to tell now with these, you know, quote unquote false flags, I guess you could call them, or, or whatever's going on. But uh, um, there are a few other clips here that I wanted to, to share with you about how your brain is hackable. Uh, neural weapons are here, like we're saying. Uh, mm -hmm. High-tech military intelligence projects have achieved remote brain control. It's no longer science fiction. Uh, this is science fact. Let's check out this video. I can get this. But play. soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. The future of mind control, and the future being right now, because uh, these experiments are being done, is using gene editing tools. I can create small robotic units at the nanoscale and directly diffuse into the brain space. If their presence is almost impossible to detect. This amount of nanomaterial could, in fact, affect all of you. Read from the living brain and write into the living brain. There's a mysterious direct energy weapon that is being used, and it is causing permanent traumatic brain injury we have to get more information and we got to tell the public what's going on the government has to acknowledge that this is happening to civilians it's almost like science fact seems stranger than fiction we can send instructions and information to an actual person from a distance with this kind of technology to let another person control their actions but that could be something that could be Malicious. Uh, the Army had it on the website called B2K. It's not just uh, a very disturbing 
high-pitched noise, but there might even be voices or a message, a continual message that people have been victimized by. But if you cognitively model someone, you have a brain print, like a fingerprint, functional MRI that you can do at a distance over the earth. You have every human being's brain pattern. You can control 8 billion brains on the planet, potentially read them. It's Yeah, it's creepy. You know, that, that first clip of that guy talking was somebody at the World Economic Forum. And yeah, that was a whole bunch of clips of different podcasts and uh, news reports, people's yeah, news uh, reporting. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, DARPA, a lot of groups have wanted to do this, have put money in to do it, have talked about doing it. Uh, why wouldn't they do it? And they've got a lot of money and means and technology behind them. So it certainly would not surprise me if these things were implemented at, you know, uh, varying degrees of success. China's doing it. Everybody's right. doing it. Russia's doing I mean, it. Look at this. Uh, you know, if you really want to take it to a point, it's always been going on. You know, changing somebody's mind, manipulating them, mind control, you know, uh, cults. Uh, you can just do that through control of information. I certainly used it in interrogation. Everybody's a computer. There's ways of thinking, you know, ways that you can uh, structure sentences and how you're speaking and interacting with the person that will drastically change how they act in uh, like just phenomenally predictable ways. You can read a person and what they're going to do, what they're feeling and know what to say at the right time to get them to tell you what you want uh entertainment propaganda uh you know marketing you know if that commercial worked that frequency got into your brain so yeah i mean of course they're going to use it of course it's going to get better as technology advances you know these old things that they've always done are just going to continue to be done in new ways jingles jingles work I mean, they they're, they get they get stuck in there because they're catchy and which mm -hmm. which you know is akin to like a rhyme or maybe something that's punny so they call them an earworm right why is it an earworm because you can't get it out that thing is just dug in there you don't like it you don't want it there but good luck getting rid of it yeah and so that pattern that you know it gets stuck in our our brains right and uh when it when it rhymes or like when it's real catchy tune like it, it helps it to to mm -hmm. solidify modifying how you're feeling modifying your behavior and all you needed was the frequency of voice and then the frequency of radio or television or whatever microwave or rf band that's being beamed into your head so when when which this is why i think um the, our, our 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 good neighbors the little folk the uh you know the the the, the fae uh, they they appreciate rhymes and, and and puns and often you'll hear you know uh cute little like uh folk spells that are put together that that, that are rhyme they have a rhyming scheme right and this makes it easy to remember because you know oftentimes there's repetition involved in in folk magic whereas well, this show is more structured or has more a little bit more structure to it right so and that and that's not necessarily ceremonial but it, it it is a different you know we're not 
you know, Adam and I are not sitting here talking in rhyme to each other, right? So it that uh, won't stick in your head that way. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, you find some value out of this, and it sticks in your head another way. But uh, yeah, um, there is a uh, an article here. I'm looking at the the show's Telegram feed now. For anybody that has not subscribed to the the show's Telegram feed, this is basically stuff curated from from Azazel. Um, I just scanned through all of the other reports about uh, flooding and and uh, train derailments and other bad news. And I pick out the. I can go straight to the good news of massive population mind control for like decades. Exactly. Yes. That is that is the the. Flavor. Oh, don't worry about mind control. You're already under it. Yeah, there's a. This is from Insider Paper. I don't. I'm not going to read it. But the China's PLA, People, People's Liberation Army, is developing brain control weaponry to influence government leaders. Report right. So, um, here's another clip of a possible uh, Delgado malfunction uh, slash MK Ultra because I think that there's probably cross crossover can be crossover most likely is, um, you know. In, in some cases, but uh, here's this weird news story. So this past weekend, uh, people found a man with a bunch of guns and explosives and tactical gear in a bathroom at an amusement park here in Colorado. Uh, he was dead. He had killed himself. But the really creepy part is that on the stall wall, he wrote, I am not a killer. I just wanted to get into the caves. So that's kind of spooky. First off, though, I'm really glad that it didn't end up being, you know, another active shooter here in Colorado because, you know, God knows we have enough of those. Um, But that's really that's really weird. That's a really weird thing to write on. That is a really weird story. That is a really weird thing to write on the wall. Did you hear about that story? No, not specific, but. Yeah, look. Hearing voices is common most people most people it's like 70 or 80 percent of people in their lifetime will experience hearing voices whether they're real or not who can say and i say that from like a spiritual standpoint from an inner voice standpoint but people palpably hearing voices possibly from uh you know uh, because it's 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 definitely associated with certain mental disorders but where it gets tricky is if you wanted to manipulate somebody what better person than somebody who's already having um mental issues and you would target somebody somebody who is susceptible to those things and then control the dialogue like targeting individuals like that like picking out specific people and yeah yeah i mean this is you know uh speculation but let's say I go look i want to change this law and uh unfortunately nobody's doing this one thing that's going to make me want to change it however there's this mentally unstable person who's always online you know bashing xyz uh you know all of a sudden they start meeting somebody at a bar they start you know talking to them he was on and, you know giving them equipment or access you know it's an fbi agent you know something like that going along and then they start hearing voices in their head they go out they do something 
and you've either got a terrorist act that uh, can create legislative action afterwards to you know prevent from happening again or you stop it and you know cheer everybody you know slap slap your your coworkers you know high five them and everything and go look we stopped another bad guy you know but unfortunately uh you stoked the fire you know you probably never would have been a problem but you gave them the means and you gave them the belief uh because the voices were telling them to do so just the speculation, but I mean, it certainly would not surprise me if it was utilized in that way. Yeah, yeah it would not uh, surprise me one bit either. Um, I mean, look, you've used binary beats, right? You have, um, or um, what am I not saying? Binary, by binaural, uh, binaural beats. So you have two different frequencies creating a third frequency that does not exist, but yet you hear it that interference wave. So uh, who knows what sort of uh, technology could be be utilized on somebody without them knowing. I guess we are doing a little bit of headlines, but only in relation to examples of Delgado's. Uh, this this news story, I've been, it's been reported on multiple times over the past few days or weeks or however long. Uh, but it's about the the airline that had to divert. Uh, it was flying out of Alaska, and uh, it had to land in Oregon or Washington or something because because one of the the pilots tried to crash it. Have you, did you hear about that story? Yes, okay. crazy story. So there was speculation that this was this might have been speculation on his on Azazel that this might have been a case of Delgado up until this most recent update from the New York Post says that the crazed pilot said he took magic mushrooms before trying to take down the flight, according to the feds. And so this 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 is the article, the, the headline, the information that kind of uh, tipped the scale into, okay, 100% Delgado confirmed. I had whole, what I had heard from him is that he was incredibly sleep deprived, took mushrooms for the first time, um, and then just lost it. But didn't just like low dose, took like epic high dose. Yeah, I don't know that you would be able to function at all if if you took that much. I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't unless. Yeah, I, don't know, I think Terrence McKenna looked pretty good most of the time. Yeah, but he was heroic dosing <laughs> all the time. And doing now, right, right. It, along the same lines, have you seen the? Uh, there's two big things going out. Uh, you ever heard of MH370, the Malaysian airliner that disappeared oh. like nine and yeah. eight or nine years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, uh, it got teleported away. Yeah. Well, look. I I was skimming over that, not buying into it, not buying in, you know, because there's so much CGI stuff out there. And then, of course, the report coming out saying that it was from a video game, but it's not from a video game. And it's looking like the two stereo videos that were leaked are actually of satellite imagery. And oh, my God, it. 
if it's CGI, it is amazing CGI. Um, so that's something that I think people should look into. If anybody's familiar with like uh, Kim.com, uh, back from the days of how oh, the government went after him for, for like pirating and different stuff. Um, he has put out a $100,000 reward, which through other people has now grown to $145,000 for anybody who can debunk the videos. That's pretty uh, enticing, I would say. And here's another cool disruptive thing. Have you seen that... Um, that Russia took and uh, using uh, Google AI, so you know, uh, you know, basically uh, just large, uh, you know, language algorithms being able to look at pictures and stuff. What am I saying? Large language it would be image, um, but essentially they uh, took photos of the moon landing and photos of the Chinese moon landing, put them through the system. And the system says that the Chinese moon landing was real and that the American moon landing was not. And that's just based on all the other things, uh, neural networks looking at shadows and shading and what it expects to be there. So who knows? It's AI. You know, you can't trust it per se, but I, I find it very, very interesting that Russia is rolling that out uh, publicly uh, and having Putin commenting on it. He at least says, very interesting. But his Russian is much better. Well, speaking of airplanes, uh, allegedly this, this is a flight uh, 9525. Back in 2015, it was a flight that crashed because the co-pilot had uh, locked the other pilot out of the cockpit and deliberately ran this plane into the ground. Now, Bill, I want to go on another conspiracy theory that I'm not, I don't know if you're aware of, but there was a issue with certain aircraft. I want to say it was Boeing craft, um, but these planes were having a, uh, a computer issue where all of a sudden they would like plummet thousands and thousands of feet straight into the earth. The system would be unavailable offline until it like rebooted and came back and then it would level off like nothing had happened. This was like a known bug in the system. And at the same time, there was a, a sporadic spree of pilots who were committing suicide by dive bombing the planes into the ocean. And while that certainly could be also a factor, it's kind of like, well, how much money do you have invested in these airplanes and in your sales? And if you find out that the planes are just randomly diving into the ocean, that might be the uh, the investor's play, you know, save your company, fix the problem on the back end, roll out an update. Nobody knows. Technology, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, you saw when all the uh, the airlines a few years ago went like they couldn't fly any planes, uh, these certain types of planes, because they had rolled out an over the air radio update that like bricked the entire system. Good luck having a pilot fly it. Got to have a computer. Or a symbiotic human slash AI thing. 
Uh, where's my Tamagotchi? Speaking of old technology, um, there was this other audio clip I have in the Telegram feed for the show, Cardinet Chronicles. I'm not going to play it because it's just not coming through very well, but it's it's an old uh, cell phone uh, that they use the Nokia uh, 6110 cell phone to to transmit waves, uh, brain waves. And it, they, there's a patent number for it. Um, I had that phone. For a person's behavior, could affect, uh, disrupt, you know, just Delgado technology, basically. But with, with the cell phone, it had, there was a range to it. And so, mold tech. What Shout about you? Nokia. Tech? That was an awesome little device. Thank it's you for Nokia. that memory, Bill. Nokia's are those are good phones. I think Nokia's good brand. Yeah, what year was that released in? Well, uh, this is back I'm in the date myself right now. Patent six zero. Here we go. Ever done something and it wasn't something you would not. Nineteen ninety eight. That makes sense. That makes sense. It was my first cell phone when really? I had when I was in high school. Wow. I even changed out the antenna for one of those little uh, cool little clear ones with a blue LED on top. Yeah, so this, the patent that he cites is for manipulation of uh, manipulation of, of brain waves through EMF using screens and cell phones. Right? So there's some, some some old tech, um, possibly some some new Delgado technology being tested at this Taylor Swift concert. Bet you didn't hear about this. Uh, apparently, there are some fans that are getting amnesia at her concerts due to a, a rare phenomena. So they've obviously covered up what exactly is going on here. But uh, man, there's a whole bunch of weird crap happening at these stadium full of people concerts like there's i heard one the other day i forget who it was but they had a well, some kind of light show and it was blinding people and then uh they're getting more and more demonic like oh yeah that just happened at the uh one of the uh crypto currency meetings that just happened and this happens a lot of the times at concerts um a lot of the lighting that they use is like a metal halide lighting like you see this happens in um basketball courts at schools or gymnasiums uh somebody will kick a ball up and it'll break the glass and it never gets replaced but it's putting out uh uv light that causes like welding burns like the same you would get from like the sun and it'll actually sunburn either your skin or the surface of your eyeballs Again, and then you know you wake up with your eyes glued shut and all that fun stuff there's some fishy things going on at these large gatherings um here's another example of delgado vibes there was this is a story out of la county as uh, a sheriff investigating um who believes that uh, this homeless oh i'm sorry uh, two different news stories out of la uh, one of them is uh, this guy intentionally crashed a car into a group of police cadets, uh, so put some of them in the hospital. Um, 
possible Delgado. And then there's another one that says a homeless man. Let's see, this this could be a... Uh, oh, wait, not yet. Homeless man, homeless man walked into Target, grabbed a knife off a shelf, and stabbed a seven-year-old boy in the arm and a 25-year-old woman in the chest. And another woman who tried to, to help was punched in the face. All of this before a security guard shot the suspect. So kind of more Delgado vibes. Uh, here's another clip about the World Economic Forum talking about hackers that could alter the behavior of people, you know. So the web is talking about it, you know. I mean, come on, it's right in your face. Here's a, a clip that's kind of creepy. Um, I'm not going to give it any audio because it's just it's a guy walking, gets out of his truck and walks down the street. He's either on drugs, he's a zombie, or he's been Delgado. Uh, it's for sure. All of the above. Got the good stuff. I don't think he's wearing pants either, Bill. No, he's not. Uh, it shows a man in Dallas being apprehended after he allegedly tried to steal an 18-wheeler after crashing his vehicle. Uh, at first glance, it appears that the pantsless man is cooperating with police and simply exiting the 18-wheeler. Upon further reveal, you'll, review, you'll notice that he has been tased. Uh, that's right, the guy has a taser in him and is completely unfazed. He just keeps on walking towards the officers like nothing's wrong. On top of the fact that he has a taser in him, he eats a can of pepper spray like it's candy. He's clearly high on hell, high as hell on something, yep. and feeling no pain whatsoever. To quote the guy filming the video, he's a beast. Keep in mind uh, that this is happening at night on the interstate in Dallas, and folks there are always in a hurry to get where they're going. Most of the cars in the video slow down, but others just keep on going. Luckily, the officers were able to get him down on the ground before he wandered into traffic. So, yeah. And then, uh, oh, look at this. Here's uh, Tony Blair at the uh, World Economic Forum stating that we need digital IDs and a digital infrastructure because you need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been vaccinated. So more uh, ideas from the World Economic Forum. Yeah, this uh, this kind of that's crazy. You guys walking around with no pants. It it it's something like now, like eighteen to twenty percent of women are on not women, uh, people. I'm reading an article that was specifically I was scrolling through that was listing that, but um, are are on antidepressants. And when you look at the side effects, homicidal, suicidal thoughts, to think that. You know, when you have like, you know, more than 10% of the population taking a drug that has that type of side effect, you know, the things that happen to people when they're on Ambien, uh, you know, waking up on like, like, uh, uh, P like, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, cranes that are holding equipment with like a I beam. Uh, it is absolutely insane, uh, to think that that's not having an impact on these things that we see in society when people like this are clearly acting completely non-rational but you know they control the advertising so it's not something the mainstream media is ever going to report on no 
No, we can can't afford get it. That information here on Corona Chronicles. That's right. Where we instruct you to take the good drugs. <laughs> so that uh, that pretty much concludes the uh, the profile in Red Wizardry. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we do have a very, very, very short sword sword segment. I need I need to find more ways to put tongue twisters in the show for me and make it more challenging. Sword segment. Uh, we've been exploring uh, Neville Goddard's 1952 uh, book, The Power of Awareness, and we've just been going through it chapter by chapter because they're they're super short and uh pretty uh insightful i'd like to say at least i find them to be and that ties nicely into uh, what we're trying to do here on on the show with this working so let me get comfortable real quick and uh we will hear from chapter four entitled desire The changes which take place in your life as a result of your changed concept of yourself always appear to the unenlightened to be the result not of a change of your consciousness, but of chance, outer cause, or coincidence. However, the only fate governing your life is the fate determined by your own concepts, your own assumptions. For an assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. The ideal that you seek and hope to attain will not manifest itself, will not be realized by you until you have imagined that you are already that ideal. There is no escape. For you, except by a radical psychological transformation of yourself, except by your assumption of the feeling of your wish fulfilled. Therefore, make results or accomplishments the crucial test of your ability to use your imagination. Everything depends on your attitude towards yourself. That which you will not affirm as true of yourself can never be realized by you, for that attitude alone is the necessary condition by which you realize your goal. All transformation is based upon suggestion, and this can work only where you lay yourself completely open to an influence. You must abandon yourself to your ideal, as a woman abandons herself to love, for complete abandonment of self to it is the way to union with your ideal. You must assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled until your assumption has all the sensory vividness of reality. You must imagine that you are already experiencing what you desire. That is, you must assume the feeling of the fulfillment of your desire 
until you are possessed by it, and this feeling crowds all other ideas out of your consciousness. The man who is not prepared for the conscious plunge into the assumption of the wish fulfilled in the faith that it is the only way to the realization of his dream is not yet ready to live consciously by the law of assumption. Although there is no doubt that he does live by the law of assumption unconsciously. But for you who accept this principle and are ready to live by consciously assuming that your wish is already fulfilled, the adventure of life begins. To reach a higher level of being, you must assume a higher concept of yourself. If you will not imagine yourself as other than that, as other than what you are, then you remain as you are. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. John chapter 8 verse 24. If you do not believe that you are he, the person you want to be, then you remain as you are. Through the faithful systematic cultivation of the feeling of the wish fulfilled, desire becomes the promise of its own fulfillment. The assumption of the feeling of the wish fulfilled makes the future dream a present fact. And that's it. That's the entire chapter from our good friend, Neville. Yeah, he's uh, he's affecting your brain right now. He's changing you. I do appreciate how he talks about uh, making assumptions because this is something that also pops up in Don Miguel Ruiz's work. And one of his um, four agreements that he talks about is not making assumptions. And so you might be asking yourself, how do we reconcile these two, uh, these two ideas, right? Well, in, I would say that's a, in the context of, of manifestation, uh, making an assumption is, is absolutely essential. It's, uh, making a judgment call, right? It's exercising your free will. It's choosing what you want for yourself, right? Now, making an assumption in the context of how Don Miguel is talking about it is, is assuming things about other people or you know, situations or whatever, right? So two, two different um, means of assumption here. Just to, to point that out, that's something I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. And next, next week, uh, chapter five is the truth that sets you free. That is the, the chapter from Neville that we will be hearing about, reading from, I should say. And uh, before we sign off, we are getting to two hours, so it's a little bit longer than I thought, which is good. Uh, but uh, this is your weekly reminder about the free scalar session, free scalar energy session Fridays. Head on over to our sponsor's website, mysticalwares.com. 
look for the scalar energy uh, link in the menu uh, give that a click on that page you will find a plethora of information and a video of Derek explaining what exactly scalar energy is and how it is utilized uh, in his uh, in his store there which you can uh, partake in yourself all you all, all you have to do is essentially put your name in the hat in order to do that uh, go to the website and go to that page there's a sign up link at the bottom go ahead give that a click and uh, complete the checkout process but you will notice that uh, it is zero dollars because this is a free uh, absolutely free session that is offered every friday so uh, this week uh, the frequency which will be used is for overall well-being uh, there is a list of frequencies available on the website all of course based off of royal raymond rife's work with uh, scalar energy so go go learn about that do a little homework there after uh, doing uh, more deep diving on uh, delgado if you so wish uh adam do you have any any parting thoughts before before uh you call it a call it a night don't make any assumptions about life if you do you're just going to close yourself off to the possibilities and the truth is always stranger than fiction that's right that's what makes it so exciting every day right but uh mm -hmm. one last thing is that i would ask you to to just to share the show um I don't have to ask you for money because we have a sponsor, so I'm super grateful for that. Uh, thank you, Derek. Thank you, mysticalwares.com. Um, but I do ask that uh, if you guys would rate the show on whatever uh, platform you're using, um, please uh, share it. I'm a big believer in word of mouth, um, so share it with somebody that, uh, that, uh, that you care about, that you love. And uh, speaking of love, just help spread Spread that around, right? Spread, Spread the that. frequency, baby. Yeah, there you go. Any way you can. Yeah, next time. Until next time, Connor. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. <laughs>